Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. I'm Pat Nevin. Hi, this is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, your home for all things Chelsea FC. Dan, Mike, Nick, and myself cover all the match reviews from the latest Chelsea matches. We cover the team news and even throw you some exclusive interviews. Thank you already for being an awesome listener. And you know what? Let's jump right in. All right, Chelsea fans, we're back with a bit of a special episode, almost a bonus one here. Uh, George apparently has nothing better to do on a Sunday night than hang out with us, so we kept him on. Appreciate it, George. I I was just waiting for the Danny Drinkwater uh, number six shirt to arrive, and it hasn't yet, so I thought, well, until it does, I'm I'm all yours. need to Amazon Prime it to you real quick. uh, Have a drone (laughs) drop it off. Thank you. Uh, And then obviously, Nick, Mike, and Dan join us as well, so thank you, gentlemen, um, this one, we just want to speculate. All right. Don't hold us to this. We just want to speculate about formation and then starting 11. Uh, this is obviously all about fun and kind of trying to come up with uh, what we think is going on in Frank's head, which obviously none of us know, but we can make our own predictions and come up with our own, you know, logic and reasoning as well. So, uh, two preseason matches left until the, the preseason is wrapped up at the time of the recording. All right, formation on opening day is what I want to kick it off with, gentlemen, right? So what we've seen is the 4-2-3-1, seen a little 4-3-3, and then we've obviously seen the four diamond romb or rhombus two up front. Nice. Um, so kicking us off, Nick, what do you think minute one against Manchester United, what is our lineup going to be? 
it's t- I was I was thinking about this. It's, it's a little tough to you know do this, but you know knowing that United have speed um, in their attacking front, um, especially with Rashford and Lingard and you know Martial if he's healthy. You know, I, I think we I think we play a four two three one, and and that's probably the best way to counter some of that. I think the the rhombus gets a little narrow, and if you have a bunch of speed out on the wings, Dan, that it, it kind of makes it uh, a little bit problematic. Yeah, I mean, especially if you you know we'll get into lineups here, but you're hoping Angolo Conte is healthy. If he is, he starts, and having him as a part of that to able to kind of switch between left side of the pitch, right side of the pitch to support in locking down the wings when the attack starts to advance. That's going to be more appetizing to me as a formation that's going to be a little bit more defensively solid than that rotating for a potentially like a Jorginho and Kovacic in the back, one moving forward, one kind of coming back and alternating position. And I think you might see in the next two preseason games, the 4-4-2 again, George. But I think if we if it doesn't look good in the next match against Red Bulls, like we're probably going to just stick with that 4-2-3-1 the, the opening day. Like I just don't think – I think we have to start to settle on something. I want the two strikers to work. I just don't think it does. I think it could work with maybe Tammy and another striker or maybe even Mishy and another striker. But the two of them together, from what we've seen, it doesn't work. And like you said, we at the time of recording this, we've got two more preseason games to go. And from what I've seen so far, I'm nowhere near confident enough that games against Red Bull Salzburg and Borussia Mönchengladbach are going to make a two-striker partnership like a guaranteed nailed-on best starting eleven against Manchester United away. Like It's completely different gravy. So for me, it's a one-striker up top, and I give it to Tammy. Ooh. Already Ooh. putting it down. So Mike, I, I think you're the only one left to kind of weigh in here on that starting eleven. Where Where, where is it going to go? 4-2-3-1 or... Yeah, formation all together. I I cannot imagine playing a four four two. It's got to be the four two three one. Uh, and I would agree that along with that number nine kit, it will be Tammy up top. Um, I think that the four two three one is our best option. Uh, I think you know defensively, you might see a switch to the four four two at times. Um, but I think that from overall starting two strikers, I think Frank's going to save that for some of the lower. Uh, teams that we might have a little bit of a struggle and which we can kind of like Reading's a perfect example of it was just too much to have both Mishi and Tammy on at the same time and I think we can just kind of batter them that way but I would expect for sure the four two three one first day well we, we said or, or uh, Seb when when he was on the show a couple of weeks ago said that the the four rhombus two um essentially was was really viable when you were playing teams that don't have really good attacking uh fullbacks and because otherwise you get overwhelmed with the overlap between you know potentially wingers and um and fullbacks attacking your um your goal so yeah i would assume that it'd be a 4-2-3-1 brandon and i i think that's just where the comfort level is and you got to you got to be comfortable going into Old Trafford. Yeah, four two three one. It's also a four five one, right? So now all of a sudden you can defend with nine. It's more conservative. You can it can expand and contract much quicker. Uh, the four four two, you know, diamond is a little bit trickier because you have four narrow players. Who goes out wide to pick someone up? There's a lot more communication chemistry with it, but not even all that de- all those details, guys. Who do our players? If you play a four diamond two, what are you going to do with William, with Pedro, with Pulisic, 
eventually Callum Hudson Odoi. To me, you like if we were locked and loaded in the midfield, okay, fine, like a Man City. But to me, like the players we have lean, you know, we take advantage of them much better if they have some room to go wide or to cut in or to interchange with people in the offensive third. So to me, just with that alone, um, we've seen some great stuff out of Jorginho and Kovacic as well. It just, yeah, the, to me, the 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 four two three one plays to our the strengths of our players as well. And I think the four four two is probably something that Frank almost has as like a side project, is a backup lineup, is something to throw teams off of. But uh, I fully expect um, a Manchester United lineup to be four two three one w- without a doubt. Um, so now that we've all made our picks on that. Uh, we can talk about personnel. So maybe we just start at the back, um, you know, at the best spot on the field and work our way <laughs> forward. Um, that just seems like a reasonable thing to do. So in the goal. joke that will never die. Oh, uh, well, and as a card-carrying member of the Goalkeepers Union, I think that will never <laughs> go away. So Keppa in goal. Uh, any nays? day one unless he's not healthy <laughs> real question is can we play our manager in goal because that that doesn't seem fair i mean we also have to kill that joke too yes yes we got we we got to come up with new material boys it's a new season there's a new manager okay right. I, I would All love right, to well, see keppa pull that shit with frank this year and see how see how that goes because cool. it's not no, gonna happen no thank you what about what about this so keppa right unanimous we're good with yes. keppa we can move Sweep on it all right, yes. let's start with right back. Um, I Dan, let's start with you. I'm going to put you on the spot for this one. Oh, I think it's an easy decision in putting Aspilicueta out there. Reese James would provide contention if he were healthy, but at the moment you're not looking at Zappa Costa to go into Old Trafford and instill excitement in anyone, uh, except maybe oh, him, no. because he would just be wondering how he got selected ahead of Azpilicueta <laughs> for the match. <laughs> so, yeah, Dave has to be out there. He has to be the captain wearing the armband. And, you know, I think it'll be very interesting. You know, he's so he's such a great man marker in terms of being able to go one on one. And I think when you think about the attackers that United have, I, I think we'll get to see a really great game out of Azpilicueta in that match. I, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um I, I think for all of the Reese James hype, and I, I'm excited to eventually see him in his full kind of fitness and pomp, I I think he's going to have a really hard time unseating Aspie. Uh, I feel the same way about Louise and any of these other center back challengers. I know that they both didn't have individually amazing years last year, but if you're going to ask for a one-on-one defender, it's Aspie. And it's Virgil Van Dyke in the league, and that's uh, that's your top two. And so I don't, I don't know how I don't know how else you go uh, without that, Mike. I'm gonna, you know, again, there's no one else to play besides Dave. Um, as far as best one-on-one defenders in the league, I, I think that is, I think with a healthy healthy Reese James, we're looking at the potential end of Aspie's career at right back. He he does not have the speed to do what he used to do. I, I fully expect um, to see United attack us the way that Arsenal did in the Europa League final. I think Dave will be tucked in to attempt to protect him, and I think they're going to be bombing down that wing and crossing balls in. And I think um, unless he's like really just had the most rejuvenating summer ever, I think he is very much going to struggle 
um, with the pace in the league, and it's going to be a really interesting year. And I think, really, that that carp, you know, if he was not the captain and he did not offer those intangibles and the importance of that, I think he would be uh, probably unseated way before a lot of the other positions with younger kids. I can't, I can't agree with that. I, I, oh, think I, don't, I, don't, I don't expect you to have to, but I, we're <laughs> like when people are talking about top defenders in the league. As Piliqueta is not coming off the lips of anyone other than Chelsea fans. I, I think his the one thing I look at George as as you transition into this part of the conversation, he has since he's been at Chelsea had early on some big competition from you know some some really good players, but recently none. I mean, there's been no competition. He's been probably first or second name on the team sheet most weeks and that was even when he wasn't playing that well. So I'm intrigued to see if Reese James lives up to, you know, everything that we've seen so far of him. And I'm again, it's not anything against Reese James. I'm intrigued to see what real competition for a spot does to Aspie. I mean, we saw when Alonzo played last year and when he went off the boil and then uh, Emerson came on, you saw Alonzo ball out the next few matches because he felt under threat for the first time in a year. So I, I don't know. I, George, what do you think? I think Aspie's preferred position is the right-back position. But from what I've seen in his Chelsea career, and we've seen a lot of him, more so than probably anyone else in the squad right now, I don't think right-back is his best position. I think he's better in the middle. Or even on the left, he was very good for us. He's great at left-back. Yeah, he was great at left-back. So, I mean, if we're talking about Emerson and who is the contender for his position if Alonso's not pulling his weight then maybe if Reese James is really that good and he's as good as we're all saying he's going to be then Reese James comes in at right back no dramas and Azpilicueta moves over for competition with Emerson and then we're talking about a completely different who plays where and who fits into the starting 11 um, but I think for United at least Aspie's got to be in there at right back for me no all right so we're unanimous on that which I I think is probably again we're there's the bigger debate of in maybe four months end of season what the lineup looks like but if we're going united right now we've got sp at right back um so let's just call it center back one and center back two uh who are who are your who is your starting center back pairing i don't know why that was so hard nick but it was (laughs) who are your Um, two starting center backs in this lineup um I think I'm going Luis and Zuma, and you know, even with my worry about Zuma's overall passing catalog, I, I think we need the combination of speed and power, and and just incredible technical ability and passing vision back there. Um, we also need experience. I mean, walking into Old Trafford is is no joke. You got to have really experienced people and. Um, you know, from what I've seen so far, it wouldn't shock me if, if Luis started the season as captain. Um, I, I think there's a real possibility of that. So uh, that's probably uh, mine. Okay. Um, moving around the horn, Mike, you're the center back expert. Yeah, I, I think Nick nailed it. Um, you know, when we're talking about Zuma and Luis, we're talking about two players who've started a majority of the the previous season at that position and unfortunately I don't think Christensen has made up enough uh, room in the preseason to unseat him Um, very much could after Zuma's performance at Old Trafford but we'll we'll have to see I think I agree with you I think the mixture of the technical brilliance of David Luiz and 
the speed and strength of Zuma would be the best starting option. I also think there's still a worry with uh, Christensen. Remember last season, Sari came out and said he suffers from like this pre-match sickness thing. And if that's the case, you've got the probably one of the toughest, biggest games, most daunting venues of the season in Manchester United as the opening game. The pressure's going to be on immediately. People talk about less pressure this season at Chelsea. That's that's a lie. Like, that is a complete and utter lie. All of those players know the expectations are no different to normal. And I think that in terms of who I trust, David Luiz is the first defender's name on that sheet for me alongside Kepa if we're... Co- classifying them in the same category mm-hmm. uh so in terms of who partners louise is definitely zuma all right dan yeah i think there's uh, no debating that one and we're all lined it should be that and and zuma has beaten um recently united everton four united nothing uh when they went um uh, when United went away from Old Trafford last season, too. So God, United was terrible at the end of the year. They were so bad. <laughs> and have they inspired any confidence that they're that much better now? You know, even with Wambasaka as the like sole big signing, like they got slabhead though. You know, that's that's Aaron not nothing. McGuire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm more worried about Mason Greenwood. Everybody keeps telling me on Twitter how good he is. I mean, yeah. wow. <laughs> Oh, we better go steady. Oh, well, it's like it's like us with Mason Mount or something, right? Like, there's a you know you're gonna get the internal hype, but at least with Chelsea supporters, we know that they're actually legit. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're actually good. I mean, I guess they say the same thing. I bet there's there's five men somewhere in the world right now having a Manchester United conversation. Said, ah, oh, those Chelsea fans, they don't know anything about Mason Mount. Who is he? That's Most funny. likely. All right, left. Oh, by the way, I'm I'm going the same as well. So left back. Uh, this time we'll flip it back in reverse. Dan, starting with you. Yeah, Emerson as. Do you say Ashley question. Cole? What? No, <laughs> no we, we can't sign anybody, even on a free. We cannot register him to the squad. Otherwise, that would be amazing. No, it has to be Emerson. Alonso's looked a little shaky in preseason, and I see nodding heads. Again, Nick, this is how you do it. People are nodding in their videos in agreement, and I think that is pretty much a universal Emerson starting over Alonso. So yeah, let's, I guess let's speed this one up. Any any anyone going Alonso? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, let's move into the double pivot then. Uh, we've got our assuming we're doing the four two three one. Uh, who do we have for our two holding midfielders, George? I uh, I'll let you lead this one off. I'm guessing we're going along the lines of N'Golo Kante is fully fit. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. that's the safe way. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. I think Kante alongside Jorginho. I would say that Kovacic has probably been up there in like the top three performers in preseason, but I. Don't think anybody in this team... I'd play Kante up front, by the way, if I could. I'd play him in every single position. I Even Kepa could... If Kepa's the manager, then Kante's the goalie. He's fine. Um, it's a man Kante after my own heart right there. That's, Sorry, that's, that's, my, that's my hot take. I love oh, him. God. I love him to pieces. Jorginho and Kante. All right. Yes. Um, Nick, what about you? So my, my thought here is, like, if is healthy, then I obviously play him... Um, I, I'm worried about him, though. I am, I'm worried about him. He put a ton of miles on the last two years. He's done everything for us and at 40% played and, and was excellent in the Europa League final. But he's still, he's not there. And I can't see a world in which he's, you know, two weeks left is going to be fully fit. I don't think you take any chances with him. 
So, you know, like that's just my overall thing. If he's healthy, I start him. But man, I, I think Kovacic and Jorginho have looked pretty damn good back there right now. And they, they probably have the most chemistry coming out of preseason together. So that's where I would go. Okay. So for United, you have Kovacic and Jorginho. Mike? Yeah, I would agree. I, I don't think Conte will be ready. And, you know, t- the only thing to add to what Nick had to say really is you can maybe a little bit control the narrative if, you know, Conte's not there to kind of just say, look, you know, we don't have everyone hold off a little bit more hope depending on that result. But I think I think Kovacic has earned a spot. And, I God, I hope, you know, why do we always have to have one player playing on a single leg in European file, finals? It's just like... I just want to see Conte healthy, and I don't care if we have to lose him for a couple games to ensure that he's 100% ready to go back, Dan. Dead yeah, right. I mean, I think here, here's my thing. I would play him in Old Trafford and make sure that he doesn't play in the Super Cup a couple days later. You know, I, I think if he's available, you know, points against top six sides are so hard to come by. And if you can go away into Old Trafford to start off Frank Lampard's first Premier League season at Chelsea with a win there that's those are three tasty points at the end of the season might be the difference you know even one or two of those points might be the difference between beating them out for a top four spot so as much as you know i definitely understand the concern and we kind of are thinking about angola conte from a bubble wrap perspective like don't let anything bad happen to him you know he's also a professional a professional footballer and he along with frank and the medical squad will make a determination on if he can actually play and is fully fit for it and Frank did have positive comments heading out of this Reading match saying that, you know, it looks like the rehab's going good. They'll check in at the end of the week and they'll really kind of be able to take direction then. Yeah, but his availability is different than every other player's availability. Yeah. His availability is like, cool, 60%, throw him out there. You know, he's because he's a machine. Like, and that's what yeah. I worry about. I think if you're Frank, Brandon, you have to be ultra protective. If there is a player that you need, in, in this long ass season that you're about to embark on, it's him. It is him. Like, yeah, you gotta have him. Yeah. Here, here's my thought. And I, again, I'm not on the medical team. I don't know what's going on, but my understanding, if it's a knee injury, it's all about pain management and pain tolerance. It's not muscular where he could re aggravate. And so my assumption is if the medical team says, yep, you can play just a matter of does it hurt or not, then it's up to him. I'd say with Frank, post transfer ban, Manchester United, you go out and you get all three points and then you can shut them down at least to start with momentum. So I, it sounds like Nick and, and Mike, you guys are a little bit more cautious. Dan and I and potentially George, we're rolling the dice a little bit. I think we have a little bit more appetite for, um, you know, Angola, Angolo Kante getting out there. You know, it just to, for me, it's all, all about optics and getting the fans behind the team right out the gate too. So um, again, just a different perspective. On it. Of course, he's important. He's he's world. He's now our only world class player. Now that Eden mm. is left, uh, Kepa uh, edging P- his way potential. Up we're, we're saying right now, yeah. world class uh, n- number one get, starter for Spain. Yeah, could get into that. any team in in the world is Angola Conte. All right, um, real quick ad break. When we get back, rounding out the top four attacking players. All right, here we go. So now we're down to the front three in the midfield. All right, so um, do we, we can go at three at a time, right? We can just give three names yeah. and run? All right, yeah. perfect. Uh, Mike, since uh, you're our attacking expert as a center back, uh, <laughs> what, what do you think there, guy? Um, I'm rolling the dice a bit. Uh, I'm looking at a William Barkley Pulisic lineup. 
and I, th- I think it's a little bit out there. I think Barkley might have earned the spot. Um, and I, I honestly have no idea what's going on with William. Um, but my thought is, you know, the man comes back in, plays on the left, Christian on the right. Uh, William remembers who he is and has a number 10 kit and just plays out of his mind, scores a hat trick. <laughs> I don't know. Does something to get plus uh, double digit goals, but I don't know. I kind of feel that that's in my gut. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Interesting. Dan, what's your front three or not front three, middle three? Yeah, I think if William has really a very limited time and we're looking at two weeks to be ready to plug and play in the side. It could be where he's not up to full fitness. I've been rehabbing that knee kind of just gets back into Cobham. I'm more of the mind that it will probably be what we've seen so far, which is the Pulisic Mount and Pedro combination as that attacking three that kind of sits behind our, our striker. And, um, I mean, I am super excited that Christian would be starting a Premier League game of that magnitude his first time. I think he's up for it. He's got the great mentality. Mount, obviously, has looked in very fine form. And Pedro just has that incredible ability to be an energizer bunny for 90-plus minutes of football. And annoying attackers or annoying defenders is something he would do exceptionally well, which is it's going to be great because that defense is suspect. So, so suspect. Um, who, where do you have Pulisic and Pedro? Right and left. Which one? Pulisic left, Pedro right. All right. George, what does your middle three look like? I've been listening to all of you give yours. And as you have, I've been changing my mind simultaneously. And I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. What about Pulisic, Barkley, Mount? I like it. Ooh. Absolutely. Why don't we just, why don't we, Mason Mount was incredible at Old Trafford last season. And from like he he's got so much energy, and if we can if we can really rile and rattle that Man United defense with those three players, with Barkley's strength in the middle, with his ability to be able to shoot, I think we could give them so many issues. I think we could scare them with that three. But then again, you could always just say stick Pedro in there because it's an easy thing to do. But if I was Frank, I'd try and make a statement. It could go very badly wrong, and it could look really bad if it does go wrong. But like, we're not talking about a great United team here. They're right. not great. Yeah, and I mean, look, some of the best players looking being sold still. They could still lose Lukaku. They could still potentially lose Pogba. I mean, they are very much rebuilding. My only follow-up question is, is Pulisic on the left or right? Pulisic's on the right. Okay, and Mount would be mm-hmm. on the left, probably cutting in. Yeah. All uh, right. Um, I, I guess, Nick, you're, you're up. I'll take... I'll take last. Yeah, I'm going with a different combo. I think this is really interesting, actually. Um, Zappa Costa? What? Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm no. just canceling it in. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't got to striker yet, Brandon. Please, there's still time. Um, no, I, I, I was thinking about this and, and trying to like balance a couple of things. So I personally don't think you start, even though there are the two players that are on form, I don't think you start Barkley and Mount together because I think ideally you'd bring one in for the other whenever that time is. So I would go Pulisic, Barkley, Pedro. Um, one, I think Pedro's not being talked about at all, and he is still probably our best finisher at the club. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Um, so I have Pulisic on the left, Barkley in the middle, Pedro on the right. And I think that it's not that Mount's not ready, but especially away from home, I want a little bit more physicality in the middle to start. And then hopefully you bring in Mount as a big change of pace, you know, being able to play some one twos in the second half. So that's that's where my brain is at. Uh, Pulisic left or right? Left. 
Well, this is anticlimactic because I think I, for the exact same reasons, more or less agree with you, Nick. I'm also kind of leaning on experience right out the gate. Not, I mean, Mount obviously did a job at United, George. I think the cup competition is a little bit different, right? Like they're going there to, you know, to to get a result. Whereas like it's the league, you got to be good over a long amount of time. So just because of that, I'm, I'm leaning on Barkley and Pedro to start. I think Pulisic is ready to go. I think William, we, we still need some things to figure out. He's not even in the squad yet. Like he's a few weeks out of kind of integrating because he's never even trained with Frank at this point. Um, because then you have a really like every single player in the lineup outside of Mount and it ha- even Kovacic. They, right now, Chelsea has a very ex- Premier League experienced team except for Pulisic and Mount. Those are the only two guys right now that we have on our list that haven't really played a lot of minutes in the Premier League. And I think that's that's a really strong thing to see. That's really uh, important going into a Manchester United team who are very much in transition, as are we. But I'd say we have our two feet on the ground much more solidly than what they do. Um, so that's that's good. All right. Well, uh, excitement time. We've got three strikers on the books. You can only have one. It's Manchester United opening match of the season away at Old Trafford. Dan. Zappa Costa. Come on. <laughs> do it. Alonzo. Terry. <laughs> Dan. Uh, yeah, that, that's doing? exactly where we're penciling in. I think I think it's going to be Mishi. Ooh. No, you're making yeah. the decisions. Let me clarify. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm gonna, I'll just fax it over. Uh, it's a really good place to send faxes, apparently. Um <laughs> No, Mishi is probably the one I think gets the start. Obviously, has um, a good ability to finish, good ability to poach in the box. I think if you have Pedro and Mason and Pulisic able to feed him in front of that, that in that six-yard box, he will score goals. And as much as we have talked a lot about Tammy, I don't. I think he ends up coming in and the. 60, 65th minute for Mishi, and uh, maybe he gets you know breaks the deadlock, but I think Mishi's the one who starts. Okay. Well, we've got that decision. Nick, who's your striker? Giroud. Easy. I, I don't even think it's a competition right now. I, I think it is... I, I'm excited about Tammy, and I'm excited about what he can do for us over the course of the season. I haven't seen enough from him in preseason to put him over Giroud. And away from home, we were talking about experience earlier. Guy has experience. He's a great hold-up play. He has great distribution uh, when you get into the final third, and uh, and I look to him to to bang in some goals in the league this year where he he did not last year. So, Drew. All right, let's go with Mike so we can give George some more time to to flip flop his decision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna stick with my prediction of Tammy. Um, I think the difference is is that I don't know. I think Frank trusts him, and I. I don't think Giroud has done enough. Uh, Bat Shawaii, he has been fed all preseason, and he has just kicked the ball everywhere, mostly, but into the net. So I, I think that I think it's Tammy's uh, position to lose for now. I think he'll get the first match or two uh, for him to start. Um, you know, and George, please tell us who your pick is. I think I'm going to stick with my initial. I want to rattle the Man United defense early. I want to scare them. I want Oli to be crashing the wheel into <laughs> the side of Old Trafford. And I'm going to stick Tammy up there as well. I think that we're, we're talking, we're ranting and raving about youth 24-7. And what better way for Frank to be like, you know what? These aren't just my squad players. These are Chelsea players. Go out there and on the Old Trafford, 
at Old Trafford pitch and win me my first game the way Idiger Johnson won Jose's first game. Nice. That's what I think. I think Tammy's going to stop. That would be a huge statement. Um, as much as I would love to see Mishi go out and do a job, I just, unfortunately, I don't think he's really grabbed it and, and taken it and ran with it. Um, you know, Tammy has stepped up and taken the number nine. I mean, that's that's symbolic. We talked about it on a recent podcast. I know a lot of fans maybe don't think too much in, in jersey numbers and kit numbers. It means something to the players, especially the number nine at Chelsea. Um, I mean, you're 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 baiting me in, George, to go. That Tammy. being said, he's going Giroud. Yeah, I am. I'm going <laughs> to go Giroud because I want him to beat up the United defenders for 65 minutes and soften the blow for Tammy to come in and just run with them. Um, but again, my whole angle has been experience in the first match um, yeah. because I want to get off to a good start so we can give these young players the cover they need right away. But I also appreciate and I think it's a really bold strategy of throwing the youth in from day one and saying, you're integral. You're a part of the team. Here are my intentions. You're uh, you're coming along with us. Um, go prove yourselves. Trial by fire. Uh, so I really like that approach, too. As you can tell, as a person, I'm clearly just a lot more cautious than that. And uh, <laughs> I'm not even... No, I am too. I am too. I don't think you, uh, at least from my opinion, I am pumped about all of the youth prospects that are at the club right now. I'm pumped that Frank is potentially going to use them early and often. Here's what I am I would caution people against. If you go out and lose 4 or 5 nothing at Old Trafford the first game of the season, it, for better or worse... I think starts a lot of like uneasiness at the club. I think if you go in and you have a boring one, one draw and you're able to take that away, then you can open some stuff up. You can try things against Liverpool in a meaningless cup. You can try things at against Leicester at home uh, in a, in an atmosphere that is sure to just be insane uh, for Frank's return. I would be a little bit more cautious, Dan, and just hope to let's let's eke out a, a boring ass draw and let's make sure that we take that and, and run with it the rest of the year. Well, I would prefer a win, sure. but if I have to accept a boring ass draw, I will. I, and I don't necessarily think it's inside the club there'll be an issue. I think there's very much an understanding, or it seems like there's an understanding that this is a project, this is a process. There are certain limitations to what we could or couldn't do this summer. I think what happens is everything around the club in terms of the media culture, the Twitter social climate would immediately change. And the amazingly, the people who have stuck around to talk about Chelsea, who are just sorry fans in disguise, would <laughs> make sure that their voices are heard uh, loud and clear for the next uh, you know week until or sorry, the couple of days until the Super Cup and then throughout the rest of the season it would be constantly repeated and brought up. So I, I see what you're saying, but I would rather we uh, we walk just you know focus on winning. I think the one thing you know in terms of the the youth piece though was like when we had Pat Nevin on the podcast talked about like you can't just plug and play four or five new youngsters in the side and hope that you're going to have a chance to win every match. Like you're probably going to finish 10th place if you did that. And, and all of the sides that we've constructed, you know, at most there's two new players to the, you know, premier league or sorry, three new players, which means that, you know, we, we have made some changes, but we're not making wholesale changes, Mike. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> to be honest, I'm not super optimistic about how our, our season's going to start. I think it's just going to be a tough run of games. Um, we're still, you know, the 
we're missing, uh, you know, Hazard. I mean, that's going to be, I don't care how many games these players have, uh, you know, half of our goals were carried on that Belgian's back. And until we can really start um, shoring up the defense and capitalizing on opportunities, um, I'm very, very concerned. I'm concerned. I mean, when you look at the ready match, uh, Giroud had a beautiful chance. He should have put that ball in the back of the net with the header, and he's True. he's just not on target. Uh, Louise had chances. I, I mean, we need our we need our center backs to be putting in you know scoring goals. We need every single line to be putting in goals, and I still think it's gonna be difficult. Quite honestly, I don't think we're talking about a win at, at Old Trafford. If we can if we can go up there and we can hold you know hold them and to a draw, I think it's a huge moral victory to me. Um, especially if we can have some of the younger players play, and God, I hope we win. But I think as long as we as long as we don't have a huge narrative of you know Lampard out and this team's terrible or whatever it's going to be, um, we need to get to these first three, four, or five matches. It's just going to be a, a test of fire, and if we can get through it with some points, I think we are going to be in a much better spot, George, than you know where we very might well could end up with this roster as it is. Like you said, it's a tough start. It's not like we've been handed the beautiful draw of a couple of promoted teams in the first two matches to say, there you go, Frank, here's six points. Here's a nice little tasty, optimistic injection for you from the rest of the Chelsea fans. We are literally thrown in at the deep end. And the more we talk about this, the more I'm thinking that my lineup is actually the worst thing I've ever said (laughs) on on the internet. (laughs) But no, I believe, I honestly do believe in them. I've been a voice of optimism all over the internet this summer. And I think it's because Frank is literally my childhood hero. And I don't want to believe any other narrative than this is the beautiful moment of a future dynasty of one manager for like seven, eight years. I want to believe that it's Chelsea. So I highly doubt that it will be, but I do completely understand the tread with caution start. But I, I also think that Frank has said a lot about the youth and there is no bigger statement. Even You know, we're talking about like coming away with a boring draw. Who says it's going to be a boring draw? Who says that we don't just stick all of these fast youthful dynamic players in there and we come away with a 3-3 like uh, it's all hypothetical we're all speculating well yeah you're you're i was also assuming that our defense would hold them to one so that's hilarious too um (laughs) i think we all were really but well it's it's interesting though george because you know you traveled away like a what you know if it's a 3-3 or it's a 1-1 a result at old trafford is typically a good thing for any premier league team season right absolutely the added narrative here is that it's the first match of the year and everyone's going to be way overhyped. Like I, my, my thing is not like to bring anyone's expectations down. It's just to say like, this is step one of 38. Like there are 37 more to go after this. And if you get a result at a place that's really hard that we haven't had a result in a couple of years, I'm pumped about that. And it may not be the win that we all want, but that's not a bad result. Yeah, for, for sure. Right. It's, you know, it'll be interesting to see. I think you're going to get a, a really a really big idea of what Frank's vision for the team and how they play are. He very well could come out attacking. And, I mean, that that man has nothing but confidence. Like, he was thrown in as a youngster and did it. I, I think he's probably going to do and expect the same from our Chelsea youth. And I think, George, you know, you're not the only one who's been pushing the youth agenda or I'd say supporting it, right? Supporting the yeah. opportunity. 
look, Chelsea fans, at some point with the youth in there, we're going to get punched in the mouth. And either we continue to support them or we turn our backs on them. And I think that's also a critical piece for us as fans this season is to give them the time, let them understand they're going to make mistakes, get them to the point where they you know, can have a run of games, be consistent, perform at a level that we want them to. Um, but that's also like a unique dynamic that it's going to. And plus, we can't complain to the board for not signing players. <laughs> can't look ahead to January. Like, you got nothing else. This is it. <laughs> this is what it is. I think it's it's one of those things where for the last 15 years, we've been... We've been blessed with money. We've been blessed with a spine of a team that was as good as anything in Europe when you look at Czech, Terry, Lampard, Drogba. We don't have that anymore at all, but we do have somebody who is who is as Chelsea as we are, and it's currently 12.30 at night, so I think we're all pretty dedicated to the cause, even though it's a bit earlier where you guys are. You know, it's somebody who is... He's looking at those players like Mason Mount coming through. Even let's let's remember Ruben as well, for example. These are Chelsea players who have been looking up to this man, and now all of a sudden he is going out there and he's literally offering his hand, saying, "Go out there, you are my player, you are our player, you're a Chelsea player." Like, there's absolutely nothing more that could be better than that for any of these youngsters. Like, it's, it's the perfect recipe. It's like it's going to a five-star restaurant and being served like the best whale caviar you can get for these guys. They've just got to go and snap it up in their mouths and just do it. And I, I agree. We're, I'm ready for them to fail. And I'd rather it was like a 1-1 draw away at Galatasaray and we should have lost 7-1 than getting smacked against Manchester United. So, again, right. maybe maybe we could start Giroud and Pedro and William. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I, I love At the end of the day, honestly, if we... If we walk, I think we'll walk away with a win. I don't know. I just, I think the ampness that Nick talked about, I think they're going to channel that to a surprising victory. You, you act like United's not going to be amped, though. Like, everyone's going to be amped. It's first game of the season. Like, you make a ton of mistakes when you're amped. I want them to be calm. Like, just level out a little bit. And that, I think we're fine. Yeah. Like, a draw, if we get a draw at United... You want to see the hype against home at Leicester? That's where you save it for. I agree. Yeah, a lot of electricity. Uh, it was Stanford Bridge, and obviously, I think um, you know there'll be a huge, huge amount of away fans there as well to kick the team on, as there always are. So, uh, anyways, George, thank you again so much for you know being generous with your time. Uh, we've really appreciated it. Thank you very much for having me. This has been a great way to spend Sunday evening. Appreciate that. Uh, obviously, Nick, Dan, Mike as well. Thank you so much. Uh, Chelsea fans, we had two more preseason matches left. I'm assuming this goes out before them. But anyways, whatever, you figure it out. Let <laughs> us know what you think about the formations. Let us know what you think about the lineups. Where do we get it right? Where do we get it wrong? Let us know what you think, because uh, that's all we do it for, is just to get the discussion going, and then we want to keep it going with all of you. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>